Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. So good morning. Um, Full armor of God. We're at the end of the series. We're going to be talking about the helmet and the sword. But before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before you and we just thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, we are without excuse in our preparedness for this spiritual battle, Lord God, because you lay it out so clearly in your word. And that, Lord, that we would take the teachings from your word, Lord, and apply it to our everyday lives. That, Lord, you would receive the glory because, Lord, we know none of this is coming from us, but all from you and your spirit. And that, Lord, uh, you teach us to be prepared for the battle and the battles to come. And that we're always battle ready to serve you in everything that we do. Lord, again, we thank you for your word and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I'll go through the text of the word again. It's Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. that, That right there should wake us up that we're going to stand against the schemes of the devil. Only way we can do this, folks, is by putting on this full armor. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is a spiritual warfare that we're in. It is not flesh and blood. It is a fallen world that we live in. People that were like us, that were God haters, that despise everything God does and wants to see ruin on his people as well as our own sin that we deal with, even as believers. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Again, anytime you see that mentioned twice, it's telling you to do something. We put on this full armor and we stand. We don't retreat. We don't fall backwards. If we fall, we fall forwards and get up moving forward. Stand, therefore, 
Again, so he says, stand, therefore, stand. And now he starts the next one. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for their feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert. We're never supposed to let our guard down, right? You know, you all t- parents taught your kids stranger danger, right? And, and all that stuff. We need to keep alert at all times. Even, even when things seem nice and calm and, and such like that, that when it says Satan is like a crouching lion waiting to pounce on somebody, he is ready to do that at any time. So keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So it's not just for us. We're watching other people's backs. We're watching other, as, as the body of Christ, we should be watching out for each other. And also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I was talking to pastor this morning. I said, that's one thing that I have learned uh, in the past, I don't know, six, seven years. I I don't know how long we've been. is, is, Is even for the Christian to hear the gospel. It is so important for the Christian to hear the gospel over and over, knowing what you were saved from, the wrath of God, and how you were saved through what Christ did for us on the cross, right? And not even just the cross, what he had to endure ahead of time was unbelievable. So today we're going to learn about the helmet and the sword, and this will conclude our study on the full armor of God. So verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the helmet of salvation, uh, Paul's description of, of, of the various elements of the armor that, you know, in, in, that we're going to conclude on today is references the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. As the, so you think about it, it's the, the helmet is the piece that protects the soldier's head, right? Um, that uh, they can stay alive, right? When you, when you think of, of battle in that day, it's, it's the slinging of the sword. It doesn't take much, you know, uh, to get one whop on the head with the sword. If you don't have your helmet on, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Um, and it also helps them keep conscious, so even getting a clunk to the head, even with a sword, even having your helmet on, it's going to stun you, right? Um, but it enables him to keep on with his mission at the time, right? As in that battle. It allows him to keep moving forward. Likewise, the sword is vital. You know, it, it's a weapon with uh, every fighter can not only defend himself, you've always seen, seen the sword fights and stuff like that, not only are you using it offensively, 
you're using it to block blows coming in, right? Um, I, I watched, uh, Debbie and I watched a movie that we watch like maybe once a year. It's, it came out in 1963. It's a great movie. It's called The Great Race with Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. And there's a, Tony Curtis was like a really good, I mean, that's what he did offhand. He, he was a good fencer and, and sword, and, and they had some really good sword fights in that. So, you know, and, and the majority of the battle is, you know, they get nicked and, and cut, but the majority of the battle is blocking, right? It's, it's pretty interesting. Um, so let's look how even God donned the armor. Uh, this, this was interesting. In Isaiah 59, 17 through 19, listen to this. He put on the righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, also he repays wrath to his adversaries. Repayment to his enemies, to the coastlands, he will render repayment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west to his glory to the rising sun. For he will come like a rushing stream with which the winds of the Lord drives. So the Lord's armor in Isaiah 59, what I just read, um, is, is kind of like a background passage for what we're reading today. It's, it's pretty interesting. I didn't realize that was in there. I, I, I don't, you know, I've read through the Bible numerous times, but, you know, you just don't memorize everything. And I thought, ah, oh, that's interesting. And, um, and this should be an inspiration to the believer seeing God himself in Christ wore the armor himself in the first place, right? Not like we wear the armor, right? Uh, the Lord put on the helmet of salvation. Why? To show that he is salvation to show to the adversaries against his people he was salvation for his people. And he, he had the revenge. And, uh, and for us to put on the helmet of salvation then indicates more than our rescue from sin and death. It also means that we arm ourselves with the ability and desire to proclaim to the ends of the earth the salvation from the Lord, that good news, that good message, right? Um, you know, so, so it demonstrates that we will work to accomplish his purpose for the church. And it's the first fruits of God's redemption in line with the instructions of the Lord. All these points are, of course, you know, they're outlined in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, 4, I didn't write these out because of time, 17 through 31 and uh, Ephesians 5, 1 through 6. So ancient Roman, we're going to go back to the Roman analogy again, right? For the sword and the, and the, and the helmet. But uh, talking about the sword, ancient uh, Roman soldiers carried out different weapons, right? So the, the weapon that Paul might be describing here is not like the huge, you know, big sword that we when we say sword what do we imagine us guys automatically go to the double-fisted sword you know that's you know like six foot long you know this is probably a battle sword right it's probably short probably about this long right 
but you can still fight offensively and defensively with it. And in, in the Christian life, this sword is what? what? What did it say the sword was? The word of God. Okay? And if you remember, you know, there's a lot. I didn't, I didn't write them all down. There's a lot of analogies in the Bible. You know, what, what does it talk about in Revelations? With, uh, when, when Jesus is writing out, what's coming out of his mouth? A sword. Right? And, and what, what, what does the sword do? It cuts down to the marrow of the bone. Right? So in the Christian life, the sword is the word of God. And it says, you know, it says, and the, take on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. So it's interesting too. It's the sword of the spirit. Again, this should redirect our thoughts that this isn't us taking just an offensive action here. This is spirit controlled. This is something that we need. We use God's word in control, right? Not to beat somebody up or not to destroy somebody we see that happen, right? Uh, we, we, you know, where people like they have great head knowledge, and they use it just to show that I have great head knowledge. That's not what we're supposed to do here. So we even see in the Old Testament in Isaiah eleven four it says, "But the righteous, he shall judge. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall." Catch this. Strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. You know, so, so when we look at this, you know, the commentators on, on, on this verse uh, said, you know, pretty much the earth, you know, that he strikes the earth with the rod of his mouth is, is in a prophecy so that Paul is emphasizing the preached word of God as our offensive weapon against Satan. The preach word of God is our offensive weapon against Satan. Um, I, uh, I'm going to kind of go to the end here, but, but I didn't put this in the end. I just thought about this. But uh, uh, Martin Luther's song, uh, Mighty Fortress, and one word shall fell him. God's word is powerful. God's word is powerful. I think we've all been in situations where um, the Lord is gracious enough through his spirit to bring the word back up to mind that you can share with somebody. Either, either you know, in, in maybe they're hurting, right? Maybe, maybe they're struggling in an area. But, and God gives you that. The word is the weapon against the evil one. It, it makes good sense as far as the words preached, that sinners are rescued from the devil's grip. And also, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Not only do we see us rescued from Satan's grip, it reveals our own sin to us that we, that, and, and keeps us in check, right? The only effective way, way for us to keep uh, from going against the way of Jesus and acting as traitors and to cause continual uh, anguish is that we need to identify as the Lord's soldier and understand this full armor of God that he gives us. Because if we don't, if we don't have this 
full armor of God on, what's going to happen? We're going to stray and we're going to vary, right? And that's something that we don't want to do. And uh, Paul uses the analogy of soldier's armor to describe the armor of faith, right? We cannot forget Paul's admonition to pray here at the end of it, right? We're putting on all this full armor, but he says it starts in verse 18 through 20. It says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints. So we're praying for ourselves, we're praying for the others through this, and also for me, that words may be given to me, opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Again, I go back to what I just said. How many times has the Lord refreshed you and given that spirit, gives you that words in scripture to share with that person? right at that time and place and you kind of go walking away and go like wow (laughs) Um, in verse 20 for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak you know you think about Paul I mean he spent a lot of time in prison did that deter him from preaching the gospel absolutely not Um, that it made him even bolder to proclaim the gospel as what happened after every time he got let loose those chains, he was right back into the streets preaching again. So continual prayer in the spirit for both ourselves and for the needs of fellow believers is how we wear this armor. Praying in the spirit is not a mystical experience. We're, somebody put as, as, a, as a joke out there, and as, I think it was Matthew, and it was like, nope, this doesn't. And this guy doing this like shaking and then barking and then crawling around on his knees and stuff like this. We got a lot of people that, that want that mystical experience. It has nothing to do with it. That's not how the spirit manifests himself in you. It could just be that still small voice. It could still be reading that scripture that you've read a hundred times and things just leap out at you. And you have that, I call it the aha moment that you have when, when, you, when you've read that scripture. So praying in the spirit is not a mystical experience, but rather an alertness to pray along with the quickness to pray because knowing the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, right? The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. As we pray, we recognize the power and acknowledge our dependence on God. I've heard, you know, we've heard that, you know, especially from new believers. Why do we even need to pray when God knows everything? He knows all our thoughts. He even knows all the hairs on our heads. It shows our dependence on him. And who doesn't want to speak to a loving father, right? Who doesn't want that? That should be a natural desire for the believer to do that. You know, when Paul says pray continually, How many times have you just been in your car or in the grocery store or at Home Depot or something like that and something comes to mind and you just say, thank you, Lord. You know, know, it's just just a blessing that he talks to you. So I'm going to be a little bit short today. Uh, In in closing today's uh, Full Armor of God, I've I've enjoyed doing the uh, quotes at the the end. And this, this one is from John Calvin. John Calvin states, By faith, 
we repel all the attacks of the devil. And by the word of God, the enemy himself is slain. If the word of God shall have its efficiency on, upon us through faith, we shall all be more than sufficiently armed both for opposing the enemy and for putting him to flight. As we study and proclaim the word of God to our friends and our neighbors, the kingdom of Satan will fall. So one word shall fall him. It's, 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 it's God's word used in power and in might, not us, right? And it's, it's God who does the equipping. You know, he's the one that has given us this full armor of God. And I mentioned it before. This, this, is, this is for this time. I mean, we're looking forward to the future, right? We're looking, what are we looking forward to? Getting rid of this sinful nature, being with God forever and eternity, Right? For when he comes to take us again or we go home, um, that's what we're, but he also understands where we stand today in this world. And that's why he's given us this full armor because we, again, are in a battle. It's a constant battle. And we need to be aware of that. And stranger danger. Satan's crouching like a lion. And also, if we have this full armor on and we see ourselves in the mirror, it will also remind us of our sin and that we will repent. So it does both works there, right, in our, in our lives. So praise God. I, 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 I've enjoyed going through this again um, personally. Uh, I've gone through it a lot. I even remember probably as a little kid with the coloring pages for this one. (laughs) So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and finish this out. Lord, we thank you that you equip us. You, you, You are the quartermaster in all this full armor. None of it is something that we can fashion or beat out. It's something that you've created. And Lord, its analogy holds fast. And it's a reminder that we are in war. We are at battle. And that we serve the mighty captain of war. That Lord, uh, and it also reminds us that Lord, we were enemies of yours before you saved us. And that Lord, how much more gracious should we be thanking you for your salvation, which is so rich and sweet. So Lord, strengthen us. Let us stand firm in your word. Let us not give any traction to the enemy. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Illyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. 
Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.